Arizona Sports Cardinals head coaching search update 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 To the show live from the auction community studios. So the questions that are out there after yesterday's news of Sean Payton going to the Broncos, Wolf, there's there's a million. Um, you know, one of the biggest ones for me is is who chose this? Did Sean Payton choose the Broncos over the Cardinals? If he did, was it because they were willing to pay him more? Is it because he trusts his ability to get Russell Wilson going more than Kyler Murray? That would worry me if that's the case, because I do trust his opinion on quarterback play. Is it because Kyler Murray's hurt and he might not have him for most of next year? Uh, is it the compensation? Did New Orleans right. say, like, we like what Denver's offering more than what the Cardinals were offering? There's so many different ways this could go. Yes. And I don't know that we're ever going to truly know the answer. No, we're not going to, but we're going to pretend like we do right now at this point. Well, <laughs> I'm going to tell you one thing that really bothers me, but go ahead. Okay, what did what did the Denver Broncos have to give up for Sean Payton? That is a question we all know. And for me, would you do it if you were the Arizona Cardinals? So they gave up so Denver gave up their first this year and their second next year. Yes. Which just pause on that for a second. Most teams can make that trade, and it's it, it's a lot for a coach. But you can make that trade because you have your picks. Denver doesn't have many picks left. So that's even more steep for Denver specifically. Uh, so your first this year, your second next year for Sean Payton, and a third from New Orleans to kind of even things out. This is the thing that bothers me, Okay. Among many things, but this is the one thing that really bothers me, just like logistically. People saying, well, the Cardinals weren't willing to give up their first round pick to match Denver's. There's a 27 pick difference. The Cardinals second round pick is five picks away from Denver. Don't tell me that that the Cardinals couldn't match what New Orleans wanted from Denver. That's all I'm saying. You didn't have to trade the number three overall pick. We already heard that for the last couple of weeks that people were saying New Orleans even isn't even asking for the number one overall or the number three overall pick. Yeah. The Cardinals didn't have to trade that. They could have said, we'll give you our second and you don't have to throw in your third. So you're going to drop five spots, but you don't have to throw it. There's a million ways they could have done it. So the one thing I'm not going to believe is that New Orleans is like, well, you know, Denver is making this offer, but the Cardinals won't give us their first round pick. It's a 27 pick difference. Yes. This is it. I don't know if people are forgetting the fact that Denver doesn't have their first round pick. So it's not at the top of the draft. It's San Francisco's pick who was still playing three days ago. So you're saying you would have done this. You would have matched this compensation. I'm saying it could have easily been matched without giving up the number three overall pick. Now, if you want to have a debate of should you trade that much for a head coach, I probably would rather have Dan Quinn in my picks. It's kind of hard now because I don't know who they're going to have as their head coach. So if you tell me I can have Dan Quinn and keep my picks or I have to give up a bunch of picks for Sean Payton, I'm going to take the Dan Quinn package. If you tell me I have to trade two seconds or a second in next year's first or whatever, that would probably be around pick 15 if you had Sean Payton for Payton or I get somebody who's still out there. Yeah, I'd rather have the Payton package at that point. You know, for me, um, would you give up what the Broncos gave up? Yeah, I I would have, only because I, I thought that Sean Payton gave the Cardinals the best odds of getting Kyler Murray right and thus getting the team right. Um, would it have been worth it? I I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe not, because we all know players win games and coaches uh, do not. 
Yeah, that's just my belief. That's my philosophy. You need your picks in a rebuild, It always has been. Players win games. Yet, as I say that, um, would it have been worth taking a chance? Yes, in my opinion. Knowing how critical it is that you get to Kyler Murray and you fix Kyler Murray. This is the $230 million man. I don't have to say it anymore. He took a step back. We all know it last year. He's going to be in a new offense going forward. It's critical. He is the linchpin to the entire organization right now. He is the guy. Everything is teeter-tottering on the fulcrum. If ever there was, it's Kyler Murray. The money, it sounds like it was, what, five years, 85 million. That's about 17 million a year. That's what it's, I don't know if that's official or not, but that's sort of what it sounds like. That's about what people expected. I think that's a little more in the range than, you know, a week and a half ago. It was like, oh, he might want 25 million a year. Okay. That's too much, even if it's not my money to spend on a head coach. But I don't know. I look at this today and I'm thinking because of what you just said, in that line of thinking, you've already invested this much in Kyler Murray. Is it really that much more to invest $17 million a year in a head coach? You're going to have to pay a head coach anyway if you think for sure, and I think most people do, that he's going he's gonna to be able to maximize Kyler Murray. To me, that investment at that point's worth it. It's not my money. I get that. But that's, that's not counting against your cap. And if he comes in here and does what he did with New Orleans, you're going to make so much more money back that it's worth it. So I, I, I don't think it was that, or at least I hope it wasn't that. I don't think it was the trade compensation because you could easily flip it. I know I've gotten people telling me, well, first-round pick, you get that fifth year of control. Fine, you can have my first-round pick next year when it's the 17th pick in the draft. You're not getting number three overall. You easily could have matched the compensation. So I have to think Sean Payton just wanted to go to the Broncos all along. Can I throw you a curveball right now? Yeah. There's a name that is floating around out there that, again, uh, nothing is substantial has happened. But Jim Harbaugh, would you be interested? Oh, yeah. Would you throw that Absolutely. net that far? Absolutely. That is the question right now. Command and control, how about you back there? Would you actually throw the net that far all the way to Ann Arbor? If you're casting it wide. Jim Harbaugh. Uh-huh. Let's do it. Let's get crazy. Just the very thought of it makes me laugh out loud. <laughs> I, I, I do not see Jim Harbaugh and his personality uh, blending well with Kyler Murray. That, that is just me from, from afar right now. And who knows? People change. Or it could be the perfect match. People, <laughs> that's exa- right? That's exactly what I mean. People change. We don't know. I'm not sure it'd be, it would be the uh, perfect match for our Monday interview, as well, you said uh, <laughs> yes. a few uh, weeks ago. That's really why I'm I all in. Jim. Is I just want to see you have to interview Harbaugh I, I every love month, Harbaugh. every Monday. Love Jim right there, but I digress right now. Would you have given up what the what the Denver Broncos gave up to get Sean Payton? That is what we're debating right now. This is the question that hangs in the air, and I said, yeah, I would have done it. That's how much I feel that Sean Payton would have fixed Kyler Murray or gotten this offense right. Now, do I know that? No, I don't know that. But there's no way they could have known it either. Once again, it's odds. It's the odds. And I don't know Sean Payton and his personality. I really don't. (laughs) I don't know him. I, I met him a long, long time ago on the practice fields of Eastern Illinois University talking to a buddy of mine. Sean Payton running around, throwing the balls. 
Yeah, now we know being a ball boy for a team means a nothing. A long time ago. Right. I, I met him, but I, I don't know him personally, obviously. So because of that, you don't really know what kind of impact he would have. You can you can guess. You can say the odds would be better. But odds, based on earnings, mean nothing. They mean nothing. It, it You either fix him or you do not. Forget about the odds. It's the result that you must have. I just think the the wrinkle here is, like, everybody would have been upset at the Cardinals if they didn't interview Sean Payton. They would have said, oh, they didn't do their due diligence, right? That's that's what it would have been. But ideally, if you're not going to get them, what, they interviewed them for eight hours on Thursday? That was Thursday, right? Yeah. Then on Friday, you're like, we're hiring Dan Quinn. Now, I know that that wasn't an option at that point. But I'm just saying, ideally, we're hiring Dan Quinn. We talked to Sean. And we don't want to give up the compensation, but we got a guy right here. It's just the same thing before. If we're going to fire Cliff Kingsbury, well, who do you want? Well, we don't know. Okay, that's a little risky. I mean, that's that's risky. When anytime you fire a coach, you don't necessarily have a plan after that. That's a little bit risky. But it's, I also get that that probably just needed to happen in general. This would feel a lot different today if they met with Sean Payton. The next day, they were like, "Look, man, we like Sean. Just didn't, you know, he wants something that we can't offer. Whatever. We're just, we have an option. We're going to take Brian Flores. We're going to hire Dan Quinn. We're going to do all these different things." Today, it's like Sean Payton left, and you're just standing there in the rain. And you do need a coach for next season, by the way. Standing there in the rain, the desert I like rain the, too. <laughs> the picture you painted, just right. standing there with a big long face. In the rain. Well, when we come back, we'll get into basketball. The Suns back in action tonight. What does Kevin Ray want to see from them when they take on the Hawks? Another team full of players that have been linked to the Suns in trade talks. We'll ask him next. It's uh, Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wham, bam, slam. Oh, wow. Suns Day brought to you by Coco 5. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons. Game day with K-Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. That is the first of two meetings with the Atlanta Hawks tonight. This one at Footprint Center. And the Suns are going to head out on the road all the way until February 14th. So the trade deadline will have passed uh, by a few days by then. Wolf, it is time to talk to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. It's not just game day with K-Ray. It's B-Day with K-Ray because it's Kevin Ray's birthday. Happy Happy birthday, birthday, buddy. Hey, what's up, my guys? How you doing, Kay? I'm doing great. They're making oh, you work on these? your birthday? Wow. Yeah. Is, wow. <laughs> you know, uh, as you guys well know, we are uh, we, we are uh, anchored, tied to, and part of the glorious sports schedule. And sometimes it uh, works with you, and sometimes eh, maybe not so much. But, you know, uh, th- 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 if, if I'm going to be busy on my birthday, I would much rather it be a uh, Suns game kind of busy. So. Yeah, very true. Yeah, Kay, are, are you one of these guys, you, you don't like your birthday, you don't like you know, please. Uh, you know, just you don't like getting older. What? I, I mean, are you one of these guys? I've never asked you that. Does that bother you? Uh, no. You know, I, I mean, you. 
it's you know it's it's like since we're talking about sports, it's like the you know the coaches or the players when they look at the schedule and people can ask them about it. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. You, you know, it's, it's going it's going to you're going to face it every single year. So there's no reason in dwelling on it and and certainly yeah. uh, not looking forward to it. Um, I, I embrace it and I approach it you know like everything else. I mean, age age is a number, and you can be as old and feel as old as uh, you allow yourself to be. Yeah, that's, that's great right there. Embrace the suck until you're 60, okay, Kay? Um, <laughs> Kay Ray goes the other way, and it, this is actually his birth month, and he wants it celebrated every day. He's one of those people. <laughs> All right, Kay, this is another team tonight, the Atlanta Hawks, that has, they have another Bogdanovich. Uh, you've got John Collins. There are certainly, similar to the Raptors game, there are players on the opposing team that have been linked to the Suns uh, over the last few months. Kind of a kind of a weird uh, atmosphere right now around this team with these games. Well, you know, it's funny, too, because it's kind of a weird atmosphere around a lot of the NBA guys. If, if you look at it, and I know we're in, in trade season or silly season, as we like to call it. I mean, some, some of the so-called trade rumors that I've seen in the last 48, 72 hours are just laughable. But that's what happens when people are looking for clicks and views and everything. But, you know, the, the Hawks, I mean, a month ago, uh, three weeks ago, there was talk that Nate McMillan had grown so frustrated that he was considering stepping away. Uh, you weren't quite sure if that backcourt of uh, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young was materializing the way that they had hoped. You know, you, you look at the, another team, the Washington Wizards. Uh, they seem to be out of the playoff picture, and people are thinking, oh, they're, they're, they're right for the picking for, for trade partners. It, it's, it's crazy how tight these Eastern and Western Conference races have become and it's really put general managers on kind of both sides of that line into uh, really an interesting position because you know typically at this point in the season you've got a pretty good idea like okay we're, we're going to be buyers okay we're going to be sellers and and I'm not so sure that it won't go right up until the next week. And, and you look at that Raptors team as, as an example that, you know, there's been reports that basically they're going to kind of wait and see how this road trip finishes out. And, and they've still got three more games on this road trip. Um, and so, yes, this, this Atlanta team right now sitting number eight in the Eastern Conference, uh, but they've got some pieces, too, that, that as an organization they've got to make some decisions on, both short-term and long-term. So uh, people will be watching, and executives will be watching uh, with a uh, kind of a different view <laughs> in tonight's matchup. Yeah, you know, it is silly season out there, but let me ask you, what is the the most laughable trade rumor you've heard in regard to the Suns. Well, there there was one, uh, and I heard I heard Bernsey and Gambo talking about it yesterday. But <laughs> I heard Chris this. Paul and uh, you know, like like a four team deal. I think it was the, the Suns, the Lakers, the T Wolves, and I can't remember who else, but. Uh, it, yeah, it's just, it, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. And you just kind of laugh and, and think, well, you know, somebody's got some time on their hands. Yeah, that trade, if I remember right, it was it was framed as every team wins in this trade. The <laughs> yeah, Suns right, win was traded right. Chris Paul. Yeah, because that's the way Russell. trades always work, right? Yeah. Everybody wins. <laughs> that's why they happen so often. Okay, do you think Matt Ishbia is going to impact the trade deadline for the Suns? How involved do you think he will be? 
Well, I, I think you can surmise that based on the timing of the announcement um, that ha- his activity has, I guess, in some ways, m- maybe already been felt when you consider that they were talking like the end of February or March before, you know, the the Board of Governors getting fully approved. And, and, and I think we had this conversation, and I know myself and some others have had the same conversations like look if i'm paying four billion dollars for a team uh <laughs> and and they are in a championship window you're you're not gonna hold me hostage because you know you can't get the band together to make a vote so we, we've got zoom we've got all these abilities to you know to communicate so let let's get this thing done um so with that being said i i think that that he has already uh had a role in it and and I'm sure there's a level of communication that he and James have already had. Uh, what that is, have no idea. But when you look at, at his business, where he took his father's business originally and where it is now, I think you can come away with a pretty safe assessment that uh, that this guy is, uh, I, I don't know, I don't necessarily want to say all gas, no brakes, but he, he's, he, he strikes me as one that will be aggressive. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. Okay, K. Ray, you called Monday, uh, Mikel Monday, and then he went out there and delivered. Um, to me, he he is quickly becoming the the best story on the Suns this year, just in the sense that I think everybody was happy with where he was coming into the season. Monty Williams even kind of sounded like this the other day when they asked him. Yeah, I was happy with where he was, but he has taken a leap here over the last, I don't know, three, three and a half weeks. He really has, and and what what I love about it, and you know, when you really sit and think about it, we we should not be surprised. Um, but you you talk and listen to Mikel, and it just feels like, you know, it wasn't like Monty sat him down and said, you know, hey, I don't know if you've realized, but we're missing about seventy five points here. So it'd be really cool if you could, you know, pick your game up a little bit for us. <laughs> but I, you know, you, you heard Mikel say the other day, it's like. You know, uh, I I didn't want or need coach to have to to tell me. Um, and man, that that is a guy. You know, we always talk about fans appreciating your your players. Um, and I feel like Suns fans have appreciated Mikel, but I, I hope it's reached a a new level because of how this guy hoops every single night. The the absolute joy. Um, when he takes the floor and, you know, we, we should all be so lucky and fortunate to be working in a place where you walk in the building and you have this mile wide smile that just becomes infectious. And, and that's what I love is that like, he's gone into the lab himself and says, okay, this is the stuff I need to work on. And as a result, like his teammates and the coaches have been able to, to kind of tweak things for him making the game easier but it's coming as a result of all of his hard work and dedication you know when i asked you Kay, of course what you were laughing at in regard to the trade deadline i was hoping you were going to be laughing you were going to be laughing at some of the rumors that involve camp johnson <laughs> because i don't want to see camp johnson get moved that's just me I, I i love camp johnson and yet you see it over and over and over again in a lot of these packages that are out there cam johnson's name is being dropped what do you think the likelihood is of that 
Well, and look, I'm I'm right there. I'm right there with you, uh, Wolf. And and I think considering the way that that Cam has come back from the injury, I mean, the other night, you know, he he was off with his shot. But that's really the first game that he has struggled to that degree. And, you know, you, you, you give the guy a pass on that. But I, I think I think why you see his name out there is because of the the contract situation um, and because of the talent level. And, and typically when you're talking about trades and value for value, uh, his name would, you know, would be at the top of the list. If, if I'm a, an opposing general manager, I mean, you know, it's like making the Christmas list. You, you tell your kids, make the list. You're not going to get everything on it, but you can make the list. And I think that's what general manager doing. Uh, I, I don't want to see 23 uh, wearing somebody's other uniform, but I get and understand why his name is out there. Okay, Ray, great stuff as always, man. Thanks for the time. Happy birthday. Thank you, Kay. You got it, fellas. Thank Happy you much. Birthday, brother. That's uh, Kevin Ray of Bally Sports joining us as he does every weekday game day for game day with Kay Ray Suns taking on the Atlanta Hawks. Tonight, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Like this response coming from Chris in Glendale. He's asking, would Brady make a good head football coach someday? That's... It's an interesting thought. I don't know what Tom Brady's going to do. We'll get into uh, all this throughout the show. Just how active will the Suns be at the trade deadline? We're going to follow up on that next, though. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns Day brought to you by Coco 5. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we got the trade deadline coming up a week from tomorrow for the Phoenix Suns, and we're just trying to sift through some of the craziness that is out there. Wolf, K-Ray referenced one that, that really was a, a doozy that Burns and Gambo were talking about yesterday. When you talk about just crazy trade rumors people throw out there because they're trying to get clicks this time of year. It was, uh, I, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it was it was a four-team trade, okay. right? And it, it the Suns, it, and it was framed as a four-team trade where every team wins. The Suns gave up Chris Paul and got D'Angelo Russell. Does that feel like winning to you? <laughs> no. Yes. It exactly. does not feel like winning. So just be careful which trade proposals or rumors you're looking yeah, at. Yeah, it's interesting there. because I, I asked Kevin Ray as well. I can't believe I've called him Kevin, but I've Kevin never Ray, heard of course, before. ladies and gentlemen, I asked him in regard to what he thought was laughable, and he cited that trade yeah. right there. Well, I was glad he did not cite one that involved Camp Johnson. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I don't, I can't hear. Here's Shams yesterday, and Shams isn't saying the Suns are going to trade Cam Johnson, but he's saying that might be what it takes to get some of these bigger names. The Raptors are taking calls on OG Ananubi. You look at the Knicks, they're willing to give up multiple first-round picks for OG Ananubi, but another team in the last week or so that's emerged is the Phoenix Suns. I think they're a team that, they have the assets, eight first-round draft picks at their disposal between now and 2030. They've got the picks, Uh, they've got players, they've got guys like Cam Johnson, you have expiring contracts like Dario Sarge, Jay Crowder. Can you put together a package for Ojean and Nubi? Uh, could you go get something for a Jay Crowder that can kind of replenish your bench? I think those are really the two pathways right now. Yeah, they've got the draft capital that they is do. out there. They do, and that's the good news. Um, but Cam Johnson, that's the bad news. Any trade that involves him, I'm not interested unless you're talking about a bona fide 
all-star well, player. Depending who, who you believe, they were hesitant to give up guys like Cam or Mikel for Kevin Durant in the offseason. Now, I, I think, I mean, obviously they were going to have to give up pieces like that to get yeah, Kevin Durant, but if right. they were hesitant then... See, I'd be okay with that. Well, that yeah, it's a little bit different. But Kevin Durant, <laughs> take Kevin Durant out of the equation because anyone who has listened to the show, you know, um, I, no, I don't want him. No more leverage, guys. I, I'm serious. Nobody is uh, leveraging yeah, Phoenix. No, no, thank you. Uh, don't want that. No. Um, I think we're looking at a situation now with the Suns where, to me, there's two trades, right? There's the yeah. one that's going to happen. Jay Crowder for whatever they can get back for Jay Crowder. I think that one, that's, it's not a done deal in the sense that they have the deal set up, but it's a done deal that something is going to happen with Jay Crowder in the next week. I think the second trade that, you know, you may make if you feel like you're all in on this season involves picks for a more impactful player. And it might be picks and Dario Saric or picks and Landry Shamit or somebody off the bench. But it's going to be first-round picks to get an impact player like an OG Ananobi or somebody like that. But I tell you, man, if I'm James Jones, I'm not messing with the core. I want to see what this core can do in the playoffs. I'd like to add something to it. And maybe you pay for it a little bit down the line. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's like, okay, you know, you, you let's say you trade let's say you trade Saric and a couple first-round picks and you get OG Ananobi. I don't even think that would get it done, but let's just say it would, okay? And and the thought is, well, you're not going to be able to pay Ananobi and Cam. And okay, well then, so be it. You know what I mean? I don't care about the first round picks when they're going to be pick 25. I want to try and win a title. Yeah. And I, and I think that would be their mindset, but that's the only way they make two trades. For me, Luke, I, I cannot help it, but the fact that Matt Ishbia is being introduced the day before the trade deadline, I am reading into that. <laughs> you know me. I I am the grassy No, I, I am reading into that. And it was interesting talking of course, they would have conversations going on. They, the, 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 the sale is going through. They would have conversations. Of course, Matt Ishbia has talked to James Jones, correct? Of course, he's talked to Monty Williams. On a macro level. Uh, is that, on that a what macro James Jones level, said? Yeah. yes. But a macro is, hey, by the way, and this is just me, trade DA. <laughs> on a macro level, there's there, that is, you didn't get into the specifics of that. I, I wonder where he is <laughs> I on view that. this as like a conversation you can only have walking by somebody in the hall. Yeah. Like, don't trade the core. Yeah. Trade DA. Yeah. Do this, I, do that. I honestly do. I, I wonder how they view DeAndre Aiden. He's he's at the center of it all. He's the elephant in the room. We all thought at January 15th, we all thought, hey, this is going to be something. It's going to be interesting to watch. I what happens? You'd have to feel really strongly as an owner that you knew you didn't like him or as James Jones that you were definitely going to move him and you've been thinking this way for months to do it now because... Because Matt Ishby is being introduced a day before. You know what I mean? Like everything yeah. is, it would feel rushed right now if you traded anybody big. But I, but I do think you trade picks. I think you go for it. I really do. I'll say this again with Ananobi. The, you know, the pushback is, okay, well, if you, if you got a guy like Ananobi and you didn't have to trade Cam, you know, you were able to keep that, that the starting five oh, and yeah. Ananobi's like your six. You oh, can't yeah. afford that. Yeah, figure that out in the summer. You know what I mean? Can you imagine those three guys right there? Those three guys on the perimeter. You could see that going small. You would become a favorite to win. You wouldn't be the favorite, but you would become a favorite if when Devin Booker came back. If you could do, it. and I know I, I fully grant you that's a long shot, but I wouldn't hesitate to do it simply because of the reason. How are you going to afford all these guys? Yeah. Because you don't know what, what's going to happen this summer. And I said this before. I really think if they go on a deep playoff run, as opposed to if they bow out in the first round. 
that changes your opinion on if DeAndre Ayton's even here next sure. year. Yeah, it's interesting because we saw the Dallas Mavericks do it to the Suns, go with go with a small lineup, and they're all wing players. We saw that ad nauseum. We, we've seen that with the Golden State Warriors, of course. The same. Can you imagine having Devin Booker and Cam Johnson and OG Anunoby having him and um, Mikael Bridges on the perimeter with Chris Paul? I seriously would like to see that. You wouldn't even need anything beyond the sixth man. You could just keep rotating D.A. and an O.B. It'd be really, really interesting right there to see those guys because of their two-way mentality. The fact they can play defense, all of them, and some of them exceptionally well and still shoot the ball. Put the ball on the floor, take it to the rack, kick it out. We saw that up up close and personal with the Dallas Mavericks and how they beat the Suns. Uh, the Fred Van Vliet stuff, Gambo shot that down about a week or so ago, and you know things change, but but um, it does sort of like I, to my knowledge, Gambo has not shot down any OG Ananobi stuff. I really don't think that he has, uh, and maybe I've missed something, but. This is Shams also yesterday saying something that I, I do think sort of frames how the Suns are going to approach this. It seems like if they're going to go out and make a bigger trade, it'll probably be for a wing and not necessarily a point guard midseason. For the Suns, I think the, the point guard search probably looks more into the summertime because right now the, the need is more at the, at the wing. They've got CP, they've got Book, they've got Aiton. Um, and I, I think with Devin Booker, the good news is they have traded water for the most part. They've won six of seven without Devin Booker. He's doing more and more. He's doing everything right now besides five on five. So the Suns do believe that he's getting closer to making a return. And the way he's played, how good he's been, I do think he has the ability to take this team from what they are now, which is a fringe playoff team to a contender. Yeah, there's See, James gets it. Yeah, no, I, I, there's no doubt about it. The Phoenix Suns, the championship window is still here. A lot of people doubt that. I know. A lot of people do. Is Matt Ishbia one of them? No, no, no. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot, just a lot of people... You know why, you know why I, I, I can say I don't know? And the reason why I say that is because Matt Ishbia knows the game of basketball. This isn't some guy who's just really, really rich um, and is a billionaire. He, th- this guy is a billionaire that knows the game. Yeah, but and this really isn't a bad has a passion team. for it. This isn't. This is a very good team when they're I guarantee healthy. You he's got ideas. He's got well, yeah, ideas sure he does. as to what he thinks is the way to fix this. I'll guarantee you he does. Well, there's a difference between being a title contender and a title favorite. I don't think they're a title favorite. The window is absolutely still open. What does he think about the current construction of the roster? That's what I want to know. What does he think? And is he aligned with James Jones and Monty Williams? All right, we come back. Early edition of, uh, of Wolf and Down Your Lunch because we got some guests coming up in the uh, the second half of the show. So we're moving some stuff around. So when we come back, all of today's top sports stories in one place. It's Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, 
an early edition of Wolf and Down Your Lunch today. Busy show coming up in the second half of the hour. So Aaron Maloney is here with all of today's top sports stories. As always, Aaron. So the Arizona Cardinals are out of the Sean Payton sweepstakes. After months of speculation, the Denver Broncos are acquiring the former New Orleans Saints. Saint as the team's next head coach. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, he added the Broncos are sending the Saints their 2023 first-round pick and a 2024 second-rounder in exchange for Peyton and New Orleans' 2024 third-round selection. Here's ESPN's Adam Schefter. Russell Wilson wanted Sean Payton and was pulling for him the whole time. And that the two have worked together at the Pro Bowl, know each other, uh, have wanted to work together in the past. And here they are now getting an opportunity to do that. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com. And it asks, how do you feel about Sean Payton not coming to the Cardinals? Never wanted him anyway? He was my number one choice or just hire a coach already? Feels like all of those things right now. I never wanted him because I feel used. He was my number one choice because he was. Just hire a coach. Um, I'll say he was my number one choice because he was, but Brian Flores and Dan Quinn were right there when you factor in you had to give up picks to get Peyton. So to me, he was the second of my three top choices to be gone, and there's only one of them left now. Yeah, I was, listen, I'm not going to lie. I was bummed when the news came down that Sean Payton was going to Denver, but I recovered quickly. Uh, I'm disappointed, but not broken going forward. So you read into that whatever you will. Sean Payton was a guy that I thought had the best odds of possibly reaching Kyler Murray, but it doesn't mean that would have been the case, does it? So 43% say just hire a coach already. (laughs) 37% say he was my number one choice. And then 20% say never wanted him anyway. I love it. So now that we can cross Sean Payton's name off the list, we can cross Frank Reich's name off the list, we can cross Dan Quinn's name off the list, and we can cross D'Amico Ryan's name off the list. Where do they go from here? Do you believe that they have interviewed all of the candidates that they're going to interview? Or could there be another name out there maybe lurking? So so they're supposed to talk to Anna Rumo today, right? Didn't that kind of get lost in the shuffle? Yes. Today, today's Wednesday, and then yes. Callahan Thursday? Okay. That's right, yes. But that, those names are already out there. Yeah. Uh, I think the only the only name that, that might be lurking would be Shane Steichen from the Eagles, offensive coordinator. That's I mean, if you're going to talk to Mike Kafka, the Giants offense really wasn't anything this year. Like, yeah. I get that Daniel Jones got better. They averaged like a point per game more than the Cardinals. So if you're going to talk to Mike Kafka, you may as well talk to Shane Steichen at that point, too. Oh, just think about that. That's delaying it another week. And it's half. delaying it exactly <laughs> another week, and yet, Luke, I think you're. I think you're right. If there's another she, name, that's it. The reason why I say that, Basin Earnings, is because of the offense that we saw the Eagles run. Boy, it looked very, very similar to a lot of the stuff that Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray were doing with their offense. Um, yeah, would you not just want to talk regardless? <laughs> Man, I've got the camera rolling on that interview. 
We're going to have Shane some really direct, upfront questions about the offense and how he would fix it with Kyler Murray. Uh, did you hit play yet? <laughs> I'm filming that thing, you if you get, know what I mean. You want to get crazy? What if the 49ers beat the Eagles on Sunday, this past Sunday? Okay? Yes. So then D'Amico Ryans is still not getting hired. So Denver apparently still thinks they can get D'Amico Ryans. So they wouldn't have Sean Payton yet. And the Cardinals could already talk to Shane Steichen. Thanks, San okay, Francisco. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for showing up. I just want to talk. I would just want to talk to Shane Steichen. So why not just wait another week? It'd be a lot easier though if you could talk to him today. The NBA trade deadline is a little over a week away, so what will it look like for the Phoenix Suns? Here's Sham Sharania yesterday. The Raptors are taking calls on OG Ananobi. You look at the Knicks, they're willing to give up multiple first-round picks for OG Ananobi, but another team in the last week or so that's emerged is the Phoenix Suns. I think they're a team that ha- they have the assets, eight first-round draft picks at their disposal between now and 2030. They've got the picks. Uh, they've got players. They've got guys like Cam Johnson. You have expiring contracts like Darius Sarge, Jay Crowder. Can you put together a package for Ojean and Nubi? Uh, could you go get something for a Jay Crowder that can kind of replenish your bench? I think those are really the two pathways right now. And then the Action Network says the Bulls and Suns have had conversations about a deal involving Kobe White for Jay Crowder in recent weeks, but no real traction is thought to be present. But... He went what? 11. Cam in the draft. 11. Yep. It's right on the screen right there. Wow. Wow. Wow, bro. That's crazy. That's so love, bro. How active do you think the Suns will be at the deadline, guys? That's so love, bro. Man, I forgot that. I forgot actually. That's. I used to walk around the compound saying that. That's so love, bro. <laughs> love that. That's um, the Kobe White trade makes some sense because Jay Crowder. I don't really understand why Chicago thinks that they're still in it, and they would. I, I think a playoff team would want Jay Crowder, but that's the sort of player you could expect back. A guy who's playing like twenty minutes a game that the team you're trading with doesn't see as a huge part of their uh, future. So that sort of trade actually makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, you know, honestly, um, I just want to see Jay Crowder get traded. And it's not because I don't like Jay Crowder. I respect him greatly. just want to see some, I don't care what they get for him at this point in time. I don't. You know who else wants to see Jay Crowder get traded? Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. <laughs> ASU landed four-star quarterback Jaden Rashada, a former Florida commit. What do you guys think about that? I tell you, it's a big deal for Kenny. Kenny's their quarterback room. They've got like seven quarterbacks now. But no, we're talking, you're starting to get up into like the five-star territory. When you think about where ASU football was, you know, honestly, not even a year ago. What are we talking like? five months ago, where it wasn't just, okay, the team's struggling. It is there's apathy around the program. There seemed to be apathy within the program. It's like they just stopped recruiting last year. They were like, ah, we'll just take a year off of recruiting. That, by the way, doesn't work in college football. Kenny Dillingham hasn't just injected life into it with, like, cool phrases. He's actually delivering. This is what opportunity will do for a program. Isn't that right, Kenny? This is what opportunity. You, you've you got the opportunity to come to ASU, to play in the Pac-12. You have the opportunity to do this, to be the starting quarterback. And Kenny is selling that opportunity. And he's doing a great job of that. 
And this is just the latest example of that. Are you kidding me? A four-star quarterback recruit coming to play in Tempe. Oh, look out, man. And by the way, the transfer portal at quarterback next year for the Sun Devils is going to be loaded. (laughs) You may as well just put something on the door to the quarterback room and just label the door the transfer portal. Tom Brady announced this morning that he is officially retiring. Do you guys believe him? Yes. I believe him more than last year when I didn't believe him at all. <laughs> but I, I still think there's like a 5% chance some team, some good team that is desperate for a quarterback. I'll just go back to this year's example. If the if San Francisco, if, if Brock Purdy got hurt seven weeks ago after he started playing and it was like, hey, we're a Super Bowl contender and we don't want to go pick up Josh Johnson, teams are going to be calling Tom Brady. Listen, Tom Brady... Um 2022 was a wake-up call to Tom Brady. When he was routinely missing throws he rarely ever missed, you knew Brady wouldn't be able to tolerate that kind of mediocrity. No way. Um, He saw his own athletic mortality. He needed to see his own athletic mortality. Because of that, I think Tom is done, and he knows he's done. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, as 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 always, Aaron. When we come back, we will talk to uh, talk a little Tom Brady with Jay Feely. Want to do that next, Wolf? That's, yep. that's coming up next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.